0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer on this fabulous
1: election night, Tuesday night. Guys, how was y'all's weekend? Dude, my weekend was great when the power came back on. I don't know about anybody else, but the the storm, the the Hurricane Zeta came through Georgia and and took out everybody's power. So I didn't have power from about 4 o'clock in the morning on Thursday to to 7 30 at night on friday so i don't see how the people in the 1800s went without power because i was freaking miserable without power but other than that my weekend was great power came back on watched a lot of football very disappointed that kevin harvick missed out on the playoff but i'm not going to go on a rant but other than that my weekend was good how about yours matt
2: no oh, man it was good it was good uh like like you i was out of power from thursday morning at between 4: 5 am until Saturday morning at 9:30, we got it back. And unfortunately, we still did not have power or uh, TV or internet. So we had power, but no TV or internet. So I had to sh- we, we, ended, we ended up going over to my uh, wife's parents' house so we could watch football, hung out over there, ended up coming home and streaming the second half of the Alabama game on my phone. Luckily it wasn't really much of a game, uh so I didn't have a lot to worry about, but uh, you know, loved seeing the, the defense pitch a shutout, so that was that was fun. Uh Keys, what'd you do this weekend?
3: Actually, uh Wit and I both went down and pretty much had the same weekend. Uh we went to Statesboro, <laughs> saw the uh saw the Southern game, sat in the beer garden. They beat South Alabama. It's a good weekend. Uh saw some friends for an engagement party, you know. How was your weekend, Witt? <laughs>
0: Same as yours. I mean, yeah, we got to go to Dingus McGee's. We got to go to Blue Room for a little bit. We got to act like we were still in college without the class from, uh, I guess, yeah, we were both down there Wednesday to Saturday morning, and we had a really good time. It was nice to be at the game Thursday, too. Really cool to be able to actually be in the stands for a football game. I was kind of worried this year that I wasn't going to be able to do that. I didn't even realize that. I was like, wow, is my first
3: time. In an actual sporting event since it, COVID. I know, and I think it, – um,
0: I think uh, cause, what has it been? It's been, it's been like, probably like 10 or 15 years uh, since I didn't go to a UGA game at least once a year. I usually go to at least once a year. I usually just pick one. It doesn't matter what game. Um, but I, this year will probably be the first time I don't get to go. But I'm just glad I even got to get in the stands for a game. Yeah, and it's always nice to make that first trip back to
2: back to college town when you've got real people money. Like when you're in college, you're like, man, you go to the bars and it's like, oh, God, I spent 50 bucks last night. Then you get real people money and you go back and you're like, I spent 50 bucks at the bars last night. That's it. Like you you really gain a new uh, perception for how cheap Statesboro is. And
1: it's 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 lovely. You know, I don't know about y'all, but I was balling on that uh, refund money that that I was getting from from student loans. So so fifty bucks wasn't shit to me, but, but that but uh, I'm paying for that now. So for for those for our listeners, uh, if if you if you had to take out student loans, don't take out so so much. <laughs> Only take out just a little bit because <laughs> you will pay for it in the end. Yeah, I'll say
0: coming down from uh, paying paying bar money, beer money in Nashville compared to what it is in Statesboro. I mean. I know most people didn't go to college in like you know backwoods Statesboro, Georgia, like we did, where shots are two dollars and beers are at
1: most like three or four dollars. But you know, I'll never understand the but people was, that very... that that hate Statesboro. It, I, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just just different. I, I like being in the middle of nowhere. I like college towns. I like the the setting of Georgia Southern, and I just really fit in. I just don't understand how you can hate a, a college where the bars are cheap. There's always nothing to do. So you find things to do. And when you find things to do, those things are usually super fun. So I just don't understand. Oh,
2: yeah. teach their own. It's a small college town. But to be fair, like, you know, being from originally from the area where Georgia Southern is, I kind of always considered Georgia Southern to be like this really small, like, community college almost. It just had university after it. And then whenever I went, like, I, I decided to go there. Like, I, I, I never realized, like, when I went to SOAR for orientation, like, there so many people there. And I was like, holy cow, like, this isn't just people that I went to high school with. Like, this is, like, a legit university. And I loved my time in Statesboro. I mean, I had always planned on leaving and going to T-Town after two years. And I just decided, nah, man, I, like, I, I like it here. I had my group of friends. Loved every second of it.
1: And look where you ended up. Not in T-Town, but uh, (laughs) at Hotty Toddy. In
3: Oxford, Mississippi, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, you know, hey, uh,
2: Oxford's a cool place. I'm actually going to be there next weekend. So uh, around the keg live from the Grove, baby, even though there's no tailgating or anything. But uh, (laughs) I'll be there. Big game. South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina Ole Miss should be a good one.
1: Yeah, it should be a good game. Just like uh, there should be a lot of good games this weekend because the Pac-12 is back.
2: For sure, for sure. I mean like does anyone else notice that USC is playing a football game at nine a.m. their time? Like we complain about noon kickoffs. They're playing their kickoff is at twelve PM Eastern, which means they're kicking off at nine AM. USC Arizona State
0: is that early.
2: Yeah, it kicks off at noon. It's the big noon game on Fox.
1: I think that that we that we should mourn not for the players or the coaches of either team we should mourn for the the fans who 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 are going to wake up at at 8:30 or 9 to, to to watch that game cuz I, if i was living over there i would not wake up that early for that game
2: oh i mean if you're if you're a usc student and you wake up hungover at 10:30 you're 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 at halftime already like <laughs> that i'm going to double check but i'm going to make i want i want to make sure that that's correct but, but yeah, yeah, it says uh, Arizona State, USC, noon on Fox. So that's 9 a.m. their time, which that that is just god-awful.
0: Who's playing quarterback for USC? I actually met somebody when we went to Tuscaloosa, uh, Keaton Slovis. Uh, but I actually met somebody when, I, when uh, <clears throat> me and Keys went to Tuscaloosa to watch the Georgia-Bama game at uh, at the Red Shed. Uh, I cannot remember his name, and I guarantee you, I don't think Keys even met him. But I asked him about that. I was like, "So, so you're from California? You grew up in California? Went to high school in California?" He went. To, he went to. Um, I think he went to UCLA for two years. And I asked him. I was like, "What do you like? You're a big football fan, right?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I love football." And I was like, so how, "What do you think about like games starting at 9 a.m., 8 a.m.?" And he was like, "Honestly, it's awesome. I love it. I lo- I, it's like waking up to the college game day, except for it's football." And I was like, "Well, how do you watch college game day? It starts at like what six, 7? He was like. We just don't watch it. I was like, oh, well, I guess if you do that. <laughs> they
2: never really get to host game day because they, they have to set up and be there at like 4 a.m. So like Lee Corso, my man probably isn't even rolling out of bed till at least 5, you know? And so he, he's got to get up extra early. Wait, you're the king of going out places and just talking to
3: strangers now. Like you've met people from all these random colleges, from Buffalo, from USC, all these random places. I don't even know why you go out with friends anymore, to be honest.
0: <laughs> i mean have you met my mother i was <laughs> raised i was, I raised, I was raised to never i don't i don't know a stranger keys I, I, I was raised to not know a stranger
1: yeah i don't know a stranger but it, it goes into a certain point like once once the person has piqued my, in, my 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 interest and then i get bored of them then then i want to push them away to somewhere else and then go do my own thing so i, I don't know I, I like talking to people but
0: it's, it's kind of annoying oh yeah i agree once you get to a certain point i mean like, when I go out to bars and stuff, I like to meet as many people as I can and not, like, be the weird creep that just walks up to people all the entire time, like, uh, annoys the crap out of people. Like, if I meet somebody and the conversation is going really well, I'm like, you know what? This could be – like, the guys in uh, – Keys in Nashville, the guys from Buffalo that we met at the, at the Valentine bar the, what, during the Georgia game, I, I still talk to those guys on Snapchat and stuff.
3: Yeah, that person is actually is. an avid follower of our podcast page on Instagram. Yes, he is. Oh my Shout gosh.
2: out to that guy. Shout out, Bills uh, Mafia, we love you.
1: Imagine being Bill's somebody Mafia, like love- the starting quarterback for USC, and people come up to you all the time and ask, "Hey, oh, oh well, how are you going to play this week? And you think you guys are going to win?" I could imagine being a quarterback for for a top school like USC on game week. You know, I
2: feel bad for those guys because then I don't remember who it was last week. Oh, it was uh, Sean Clifford last week. They were, talking about Sean, they were talking to Sean Clifford, and they were like, do you have a chance at beating Ohio State? Like, what's he supposed to say? No, you know, I think those guys are going to come in and just stomp us in the mud. And in, and instead, like he says, no, I really think we do have a shot to beat them. And everyone's like, oh, Sean Clifford said that he thinks Penn State has a chance. Well, what else is he supposed to say? Of course you're going to think that you've got a chance to win a game. Exactly.
1: It, I don't know. I, it it, it perturbs me. That is the word for the day, by the way, perturbed. It perturbs me that people go out and, and and ask football players, "Oh, you think we're gonna win this week? Well, what do you what do you freaking think? I, I think, of course, we're gonna win this week. I, I'm, I, I, you know, if, if if we're if we're the worst team in the country and we're playing Alabama, of course I'm gonna go in, go into the week thinking, yeah, we're gonna win. Of course, deep down, that's uh, gonna be a heck no, but I'm gonna tell you yes because because, because that's what everybody wants to hear. That's what that's what I want to tell myself to to get myself hyped up to play a team like that. You gotta have faith.
2: I have, have to have faith. Speaking of having faith, like, Boston College, they made everybody be- believers there for a second. They, uh, they, It was like 28-10 at the half. Everybody's starting to tune in. It might have been 28-13 at that point. I think Clemson kicked a field goal right before the half, but, but – down 28 10 at home Clemson's on the ropes everybody's starting to freak out on Twitter like oh my gosh Clemson's got a backup quarterback it's a noon kickoff it's the perfect storm for an upset and and what winds up happening Clemson you know freshman quarterback brings him back uh you know Clemson proves that they're still a legit team I'm really not surprised Clemson stayed number one at all after that what what do do you guys think about that
1: yeah um so my dad and I went to Waffle House for, for, for breakfast, and he was like, oh, Clemson's quarterback isn't playing. I, I think Boston College is going to pull one out. And I completely blew him off. I was like, yeah, there's no way it's happening, not happening. So we get home, and around like 1230, and I turn the game on, and it's and Boston College is, is killing them. And I, I sit in my chair, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. I picked." So if you listen to the show last week, I picked this game as my lock of the week. And I picked it because it was a safe pick. It was the easy pick to do. It was the easy way out. And they almost lost. They pulled it out at the last minute. And uh, I think that they're actually going to lose this week to Notre Dame because, as we all know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is out for the second straight week with uh, coronavirus. So Clemson, uh, do I think they'll still make the playoff if they lose this week? Probably. Yeah, probably because... Committee is going to say, "Oh well, they didn't have their, their the best player in the country, so we're not going to going to knock them for not having, you know, a potential Heisman winner on their team."
0: First off, I believe you owe me fifteen dollars. Is that correct?
1: Fifteen? Oh yeah, that's right. Because we Missouri bet on Florida. the uh, Missouri Florida game. Florida Missouri you know, game. You know, deep down, deep down, I was like, "Man, this is a dumb bet. Why? Why am I <laughs> making? Why am I making a bet on Missouri, who hasn't been good since?" Since uh, what 2007, I'm dumb, so yeah, I guess all year fifteen. In the SEC
2: championship twice, right?
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the so reason Missouri, the... Missouri was in the SEC championship twice, but that's because yeah, they're this, one, what 2013, 14. Yeah, yeah. So they lost
2: to Auburn in 13, and then they lost to Bama in 14. Yep.
1: Their team, they-, they had good teams, and the SEC wasn't accustomed to that type of, of football yet. And then once they got accustomed to that type of football. Now, now look at Missouri. They're getting better, though.
2: I, I attribute it more to a down East at that time than Mizzou actually being that good. If I'm being honest,
1: uh, that's that's a fair but statement.
2: The point stands. You still owe Whit fifteen
0: bucks. Either Whit way, the, the, the reason I bring that up is because you said that you think Notre Dame's going to win.
1: Yes, I how, do. How uh,
0: how confident are you in that pick? You want to
1: <sighs> Lando Whit fifteen dollar bet of the week? So yeah, actually, I I I, I want to go double or nothing. Actually, uh, I think Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson this week. Solely solely for the reason that Trevor Lawrence is not playing. And Notre Dame is better than Boston College. Boston College came out firing. Clemson's defense is shoddy. They need lots of work. And, you know, their offense can't just rely on Travis Etienne if they're going to beat a team the caliber of Notre Dame. So you're saying Whit Lando,
0: $30 bet of the week this week. $30.
1: Thirty dollars, double or nothing. Bringing in the big bucks.
2: I just don't see a way that Notre Dame is going to be able to to shut them down for four quarters. Travis Etienne just became the ACC leading rusher all time. So kudos to to Travis Etienne for doing that. Um, Also broke, I think, the ACC record for uh, touchdowns games with a touchdown scored in a game uh, for the ACC. I've heard a stat like that on the radio. It was like 44 games in his career, which is nuts. Um, but shout out to, to Travis Etienne. Um, I just – I don't see a way that Notre Dame is going to be able to stop him. I mean, Notre Dame struggling with Louisville, and Louisville is not good. Not good at all. Now, I think the defense, the defense for Notre Dame could pose some more problems than uh, Boston Colleges did against a young quarterback – but if I'm making my first start as a freshman quarterback, I would rather go out there and get my pregame, my first game jitters out against
0: Boston College than Notre Dame. Is that that Are game you're... in South Bend? Yes, it is, and that, that's why I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's his first away start. I mean, he's, he, I mean, his first start was they were, yeah, they because they were in Clemson last week. So it's this DJ Angula Lele's first away start at Notre Dame. But I'm I mean, he went for. Impressed you were able to say that. Yeah, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've heard a lot of people pronounce it right. That's the only reason I can pronounce it. But he went for over three hundred, three hundred and forty-two yards last week. Had two touchdowns. Um, he ran the ball pretty well. Had a rushing touchdown too. I think he's pretty good. I mean, he was a top-five quarterback. I believe he was the number two quarterback coming out of his recruiting class, uh, which was last year, twenty what, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty? I guess twenty twenty. And uh, behind Bryce Bryce Young, Bama's backup quarterback, his their backup quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's. I don't think he's Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think Notre Dame is good enough. Of course, I don't know why I'm over here talking about the game because we haven't even gotten to the picks yet. But
1: well, but, we we, can, mean, talk,
2: we no, can talk. We can talk about picks with you, man. Like, I, I, I think that Clemson, Clemson proved that they're gritty enough to win an ugly game. And the, the the thing is, is like every team that's won a national championship has had that one game where it was just a grind and they had to win, like LSU last year against Texas was a back and forth game on the road in Austin LSU grounded out and won it uh Alabama in 2015 beat Arkansas 14-13 because Arkansas missed an extra point like you have those games where even if you play bad and you play and it doesn't look pretty on paper you 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 win that game and a W is a W you know what i mean and and i think that that's where Clemson is right now i think Dabo's going to have the boys fired up to play in a big game and I, I think Trevor Lawrence take, not being able to play takes this game from being a Notre Dame uh, getting blown out to Notre Dame playing a close game.
1: I I don't think you guys are giving Notre Dame enough credit, but I I don't see them as as an elite team. Nobody does. I see them as as a mid tier football team that's better than Boston College. That's not going to blow. I don't. I think Boston College was up twenty eight to ten at one point in that game. Uh, Notre Dame is not going to blow a 28 to 10 lead and, and lose to a backup quarterback who is, who is starting his second game. Okay. If Trevor Lawrence was playing in this, in this game Saturday, then yes, Clemson would, would definitely obliterate Notre Dame, but he's not playing. And Clemson's defense is still not what it was last year. Now, the big question is, and I agree with that. I want you guys honest answer from this. If, if Notre Dame wins this game, what are their chances of, of, of making the playoff?
2: I think this would solidify Notre Dame being legit. Now, again, they're probably going to have to play Clemson a second time in the ACC championship. So that would, that would be a big determining factor because if Trevor Lawrence plays in the ACC championship and they blow out Notre Dame, I think that that might eliminate Notre Dame from the playoff.
1: Okay, so I, that was another question I was going to ask. If If Notre Dame beats Clemson Saturday and they play Clemson again in the ACC championship game, and Clemson wins, does, does the ACC get two teams in the playoff? I think it depends on what happens with Georgia and Alabama. Hmm. Wait, what do you think? It'll
0: depend on that. It'll depend on that. It'll depend on if Ohio State wins the Big Ten because I think they're the only team in the Big Ten. I mean, Indiana still has a chance. I think Ohio State's the only team in the Big Ten that can make the playoff this year because because I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. You have to think. But then you so, got to look at I mean
1: so Alabama has already beaten Georgia you know, and they're likely yeah. to they're they're likely to play in the, in the SEC Championship game. So let's say Alabama wins again. So Alabama is coming out the SEC, the only team coming out of SEC. Uh Ohio State wins the Big 10. All right then who the, who the who the freaks left are you going to put Cincinnati in over over a name brand school with with one uh Ooh. with one loss Notre Dame are you going to put Cincinnati in oh over them oh gosh or uh, uh, i honestly
2: <laughs> think you have to consider it
0: really i think you
2: have to consider I, I don't know it, it. that's
0: but the, the but, problem
2: that everyone's going to have you, with
1: that how do you leave out a team a one loss team that beat Clemson exactly and then i'll i'll go to this point Remember when, when, when Baylor was was coming out of the Big 12 and Baylor got, got left out for, mm-hmm. what was it, a one-loss Ohio State? Yeah. So, so you know, the committee is is known for keeping in that name-brand, money-bringing-in team with one loss instead of putting in the team that's hot.
0: So do you think they would put in – so what if Oklahoma blows out everybody the rest of the way in the Big 12? And then that scenario happens where Notre Dame beats Clemson – and then Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Who gets in, Notre Dame or Oklahoma?
1: No, Notre Dame. Oklahoma? Notre Dame. Oklahoma's we, a big name too. Well, uh, but we have two losses. We have two awful losses. No team with two losses has, has made the playoff, and it, and it should be that way. If you lose sure. two games, you should not be in the playoff, period. The, the, if you lose one game, that means, all right, you slipped up. And then you learn from, from your mistakes, and you came back and, and won and won the rest of your games. But if you lose two games, that means you have lots of problems that need fixing. And you aren't, you aren't going to fix those problems in, in one season. All right, well, while we're
2: playing hypotheticals here, Notre Dame beats Clemson. Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Georgia wins out. Alabama wins out. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship. Ohio State goes undefeated. Who's in? Who's out? Notre Dame gets left out. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they would put – I think Alabama beating Georgia in the regular season, that's going to give them – they've got a good win. Yeah. Uh, And they were full – and I don't see – if Georgia and Alabama play again, I don't see it being a blowout. And if if Notre Dame loses to Clemson big with Trevor Lawrence on the field, they fall back to the – well, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence when they – when they lost to Notre Dame. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. That,
1: that's I, a, that's a, I'm not even saying if, if Notre Dame loses big and th- this is all hypothetical. This is saying if they beat Clemson this weekend and they play them again, and I'm not saying if they lose big at when, they, if they play them again, I'm saying if Notre Dame loses period to Clemson in the ACC championship game and Georgia wins out and beats Alabama, the committee is going to put Georgia in because they're in the SEC. Because Georgia is pro- is proven in in the playoff over Notre Dame, who's been in there, I think one time it got blown out. Like I would, I'd much rather have Georgia in there who who would pose a bigger threat to an Alabama or a Clemson than a Notre Dame who is not that great to begin with, really.
0: Yeah, I think I think if Georgia wins out, they're in. I mean, I to, it doesn't matter. And I think Alabama and Georgia would both get in, assuming that Alabama would win out. Yeah. But here's another scenario to think about. Texas A&M only has one loss, and they the best team they play the rest of the season is LSU, who looked atrocious. And well, I think they play Auburn. I think they play Auburn. They play Auburn and LSU, who I would say they look way better than Auburn and LSU as of now. Is there a possibility this year the SEC gets three teams in the playoff? No, I don't
2: think so. No, I don't think so. And now I think I think Georgia's worst enemy right now is A&M because if A&M wins out and Georgia wins out and Georgia loses in the SEC championship again to Alabama then I think A&M becomes that team that could potentially be the 4 seed for a playoff.
1: Yeah, and you know that brings brings me to another thing. What team other than Ohio State in the Big 10 really has a shot to to challenge Ohio State? Not one. And and Matt, Not I am one. I am right there with you. Ohio State's biggest, biggest opponent, they just beat, okay, it was Penn State, and Penn State is honestly atrocious, and uh, either, either they're, they're, they're awful, or Ohio State is just that damn good, and, you know, believe it or not, Ohio State is, is going to win out, they're going to win the big, the big 10 championship, and I think they're going to, they're going to win out, Without ever really being tested, and I think that's gonna gonna actually kind of screw them over when they get to the playoff.
0: I think there is one team in the Big Ten that's good enough to test Ohio State. And if you would have asked me before the season, I would have, I would have agreed with you. I thought Penn State was that team, but after losing Michael Parsons and Journey Brown, they're just they're not the same Penn State team they were gonna be, especially with that quarterback. That quarterback is just terrible. He's so bad. But I think Wisconsin is the only team that could challenge. Ohio State, but the problem with this, Wisconsin is they've already canceled two games. They're not. They're, uh, there's no chance they make it. They're only going to play what seven games, including if they made the including the the, the championship or whatever that game is.
2: If now, that, I think, and they're yeah. I was going to say they might have to cancel one more game now because it's a three week quarantine that they right. have to do, and they're continuing to have positive cases. And
1: that leads me to the Big Ten, who absolutely handcuffed themselves, first of all, by starting this late in the season, second of all, by not having any bye weeks scheduled into their, their eight-game schedule, and third of all, by having a an absolutely absurd uh, protocol for, for the coronavirus. 21 days to sit out. 21 days when when the Big 12 is doing the recommended 10 to 14 days, the SEC is doing the recommended 10 to 14 days. Uh, why why are you doubling down on that? And I just think the Big Ten really screwed themselves over with their whole protocol on this coronavirus. I
0: agree. That leads me to another question that I was actually looking to ask you guys today. Um, I heard it on a podcast this morning called the College Football Bros, who actually gave us a shout out last week. College Football Bros. Great podcast. Really smart guys. Y'all check them out. Um, So they asked on their podcast, because of all the coronavirus stuff going on with the Big Ten, if Ohio State ends up only getting to play five games, but they dominate those five games and win the Big Ten, do they get in over a one-loss Oklahoma State team from the Big 12?
2: Yes. Yes. I think think no. Because you really – see, here's why I say yes. I think Oklahoma – well, First, I don't think Oklahoma State's only going to lose that one game. I think they've got more losses coming. Oh, me too. Um, I I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that if they do, if they were to win out, the Big Ten is not good. But I feel like the perception of the Big Ten nationally is a little bit better than the perception of the Big 12. And – Maybe I'm wrong on that, um, but but that's just my my opinion. Is is that if you if you line them up, people might say, "Oh, well, you know, Ohio State blew out every team that they played. They did what they had to do. They only played five games." But I mean, after after week one and week two, everyone's already going ahead and saying, you know, Justin Matt's- Fields is a Heisman contender. So I feel like that puts Ohio State in the national championship conversation for sure.
1: Matt said the key point. What does the nation think about the big 12 and the big 10? Okay. So this year, and we're looking at this year, you look at the big 10 versus the big 12, the big 10 only has Ohio state and that's it. Michigan state is, is down. Michigan is Michigan. That's all I have to say about that. Penn state's down. Wisconsin is, is infected with, with coronavirus Minnesota is Minnesota. They're they're always going to be average. And then we're going to flip-flop to the Big 12 here. Oklahoma State's defense is vastly improved. They're better. Uh, Oklahoma, yes, we have two losses. But the defense is is a little better than last year, and they are a different team than they were several weeks ago. Uh, Texas, eh, I hate Texas. But Texas is still a pretty decent football team. All right. Kansas State, they're they're down their quarterback, but Kansas State's still a pretty good football team. Iowa State's pretty good. I think overall, the Big 12 as a whole is better than the Big 10. So if Oklahoma State were to win out, I don't think it's going to happen either. But if they were to win out and Ohio State only plays five games, like you said, they would definitely put in Oklahoma State just because of what the Big 12 is as a whole as opposed to what the Big 10 is as a whole.
2: And that's where I think that it's going to be an individual – the discussion, because what's going to happen is they're going to look at, well, what did Ohio State do week one, two, three and four before they had to sit out three weeks and then they blow out Michigan and then they win another game uh, in the in the in the championship? I think when you do that, you you sit down and, and that's where the committee might look at Iowa State lost to Coastal Carolina week one. Uh You know, the the Sun Belt had a very good week one against Pac-12 teams. Or, I mean, excuse me, Big 12 teams across the board. And I think that's what's going to set their perception over everything else. Because now it's just the Big 12 versus the Big 12. And, you know, it's kind of in that same realm of on any given week, anybody can win a game. Uh, I mean, you saw that with Kansas State. You've seen it with – Oklahoma, Texas, like there there's teams out there TCU uh playing up and even Texas Tech competing with Texas. Like I feel like they're very level within their own conference and they it, it's all about matchups and I just I feel like they're going to look at that week one Big 12 struggled against Sun Belt and that would be the difference because the Big 10's not giving themselves the opportunity to have that slip up by only playing a conference schedule.
1: Yeah, um, so like I said weeks ago, the Sun Belt had already played a game the week, par- the, the, the week prior. And several of those Big 12 teams have, were just playing their first game. They had play, played no spring. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it. a lot goes into, oh, we played last week. We're better conditioned. Our defense knows what they're doing. We're a little more physical than a team that's coming in uh, the, their first game since last year they have they've had no spring practice to no a spring brawl. I think the committee will will look at that and be, you know, look, this is a this is a weird year. This is a this is a different year than everything else. Let's give him a pass on that first week and look at them from since then, the Big 12 has had a lot of parity and I think from top to bottom the Big 12 is actually pretty decent. Yeah, when it
0: comes to the Big 12 versus the Big 10 debate, I I think it's hard to go ahead and decide who you think's better. And uh yeah, the Big Ten's only played two games and I mean, like, as the season goes on, I think we'll really start to see who's good in the Big Ten and who's really just a fraud. Like, I mean, if you looked at the first week, Michigan looked really good against Minnesota, and everyone right. thought Minnesota was going to be one of those teams like like, potentially challenge Ohio State. And then week two, Minnesota gets gets that crazy comeback win, uh, or Maryland gets that crazy comeback winning against Minnesota, and Michigan loses to Michigan State, who lost to Rutgers the week before. So it's, like... It's really hard to balance it out that way, but I think the main uh, the main deciding factor for the scenario that I that I was talking about is the fact that it's only two like it's only five games. Like I think if it was nine or eight or even seven, I think Ohio State would get in, just because they're the dominant team. They have more talent. They're the one that's in front of the media more. There's more of a chance for, regardless of how many games they play, there's more of a chance for Ohio State to beat Alabama, Clemson whoever gets in Notre Dame whoever gets in than there is for Oklahoma State to make a run like that but i think just the fact of 5 games versus 11 would be i think that's way too much i mean that's that's 6 games that's insane that's a whole that's a whole half season like i don't i think it, i think the, the way that the big 10 made their with everything going on everything they did like the uh canceling games and not having bye weeks i think they really screwed themselves if they do have something that happens like that with the coronavirus, Um, like Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin's out. All right, guys, let's get into it. We got our poor one out, cut them off, uh, our winners and losers segment of the week. Uh, We're going to go ahead and start with Matt. Uh, Matt, who you got this week? So I'm pouring one out this week, obviously, uh, for Chase Elliott. And I know normally Lando is the
2: talking racing guy. Uh, I'm a big Chase Elliott fan. I live 15 minutes down the road from his hometown of Dawsonville, Georgia uh so uh i i became a fan of chase elliott whenever he came into the uh cup series took over the number 24 for for rick hendrick uh glad to see him making the championship four for the first time in his career uh this will be the first of many for him uh i know i feel bad for lando because this guy kevin harvick got out and i agree that he- harvick should be in but that's a discussion for another day and i'm also pouring one out for hawaiian quarterbacks uh Tua got his first start in the nfl it did wasn't perfect but he got a win to his brother talia uh at maryland got a win against uh minnesota team that that people thought could be a a a potential top 10 threat this year um and then the guy at clemson i don't want to butcher his name uh but dj uh my man dj gets a a win in backup of trevor lawrence so that's what i'm pouring for one off for out for and then i'm cutting off zetas uh Zeta's as is a sorority, you know we uh, we we all love Zeta. They're nice people, but they're every every Zeta, we all know a Zeta that needs to be cut off.'re They're a little too drunk, a little too wild. And obviously because Hurricane Zeta knocked my power out for three days, and I'm quite frankly over it. That was miserable. Lando, who are you pouring one out for?
1: So this week, I am pouring it out for African American head football coaches uh, in NFL and in college football. So um, uh, Mel Tucker is the head coach for Michigan State. And as we all know, he got his first ever win uh, in the Big Ten and for Michigan State playing their biggest rival, Michigan, over the weekend. And in the NFL, uh, Brian Flores has the Miami Dolphins looking really, really good with a young quarterback in Tua Tugavaloa. He has that defense playing awesome football. They beat up on The Los Angeles Rams, who have been a really good team for the past several years. And most importantly, Mike Tomlin, who is a Steelers head coach, has the Steelers playing great football. They're undefeated. And Mike Tomlin is the first African-American coach to win 140 regular season games. He broke the tie with Tony Dungy for most wins as a black head coach in NFL history. So I'm definitely pouring out for African-American head football coaches in football and I am cutting off Jim Harbaugh, the head coach for Michigan, who needs to be fired. And that's all I have to say about that. Whit, who you pour one out for?
0: Yeah, so this week I'm pouring one out for Richard LeCount. Um, Richard LeCount, the football player, that is. Uh, he's the safety for Georgia. Uh, he had the base, best game of his career, 13 tackles, six pass breakups. Uh, he dropped an easy pick six, but easily the best game of his career. And um, But I'm cutting off Richard LeCount, the college student because uh after coming back home from lexington on on a saturday night he decided to drive around on his motorcycle pretty late before the biggest game of the season against florida who's our who is our biggest rival um he's the best player on the team and my favorite player and uh, i'm glad he's okay but i think that was just an absolutely terrible decision um kirby smart needs to start regulating people riding on motorized vehicles keys who you pouring one out for this week
3: all right so this week i'm pouring one out for coastal carolina they are actually the first Sunbelt team ever to be ranked in the top 15. And they absolutely destroyed Georgia State 51-0. to Just a murder. I know our Georgia Southern Eagles couldn't pull it out a few weeks ago. And, you know, I was thinking maybe they're not that great, you know, because they barely beat us. But, uh, yeah, they, they just absolutely just laid waste to Georgia State, solidifying their number 15 spot. You know, if, if they don't go any higher, that's still a great accomplishment. So I'm pouring one out for them. And I'm cutting off Clemson for barely beating Boston College. And I know they didn't have the star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, but they really had no business beating Boston College by six points. So they they, they definitely, to be the number one team, should have been beating Boston College by a lot more than that, even with their backup quarterback. Uh, you know, quarterback can't be your whole team, but uh, that's, that's,
0: that's what I'm cutting off this week. So Chad cannot be on this week, but he wanted me to share his poor one out and cut him off. Uh, his poor, He's pouring one out for Randy Orton, being a 14 time WWE champion. Um, I have not watched WWE in a long time, but apparently he beat uh, Drew McIntyre at Hell in, a, in a Hell in a Cell match. Third time this season, Randy Orton has faced off against Drew McIntyre, and he's lost the other two. So this was the first time he's ever beaten him. And uh, so congratulations to Randy Orton. So Chad is cutting off terrible SEC camera work. Um, I actually noticed this in the Georgia game a little bit, even though I really didn't get to watch as much football this weekend as I would have liked to, but apparently on the SEC network uh, during the Ole Miss Vandy game and the Georgia Kentucky game, the camera work was absolutely terrible. And apparently throughout the entire season, it's been that way. Uh, Twitter was roasting roasting the camera work for the Ole Miss game. Uh, so so we are definitely cutting them off. But uh, we're going to go from there, jump into our locks of the week. Uh, Lando, you want to start us off with locks of the week?
1: Yeah, I'll start off. Uh, my lock of the week is obviously going to be – oklahoma over kansas this is a cakewalk for oklahoma kansas is terrible i don't know if les miles is back coaching for him if he is it doesn't matter because kansas is a basketball school they're not a football school they haven't been good at football in over over 10 years so oklahoma is my lock of the week oklahoma big wit who do you have
0: uh so i actually had purdue over wisconsin um i figured Uh, Because, you know, last week I picked uh, Nebraska to beat Wisconsin for the same reason I was going to pick Purdue to beat Wisconsin this week uh, because they were playing their fourth-string quarterback. And uh, I think Purdue actually was pretty improved this year. But Wisconsin canceled their game because of COVID. And uh, so on the spot, I'm actually going to pick South Carolina to knock off Texas A&M. That's going to be my upset lock of the week. Um, I think South Carolina has improved a lot this year. They're playing in Williams-Brice Stadium. And I think Texas AM has gotten a little too big for their britches, having that one loss. And uh, looking at that schedule down the road, thinking they're probably just going to cruise through everybody. So I think I think South Carolina is going to come out and, and get that upset win. Keys, you got a lock of the week? Yeah,
3: I got Clemson and Notre Dame, and I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame this week. I know the uh, the spread has them um, the spread has them down five, but I'm going to actually pick reverse on the spread and uh, go Notre Dame by five. Uh, I think that Notre Dame is a little bit too overrated for that number four spot. Uh, I know they're they're still a decent team, but like we always say, they're not a powerhouse. Um, they're not elite. Um, but Clemson, if they play like they did against Boston College, they're not going to be able to hold Notre Dame off. They're just going to be playing too sloppily. And uh, I got Notre Dame by five. Matt, who you got?
2: So for my lock of the week this week, I went with my two favorite mascots in the Pac-12, the Beavers and the Cougars. Oregon State versus Wazoo. I am gonna say that it's in Corvallis. It's a one and a half point spread. Basically, it's a it's a toss up, fifty fifty. I'm gonna go with Oregon State over Washington State. Uh, we I haven't seen either of these teams play. They've got the ten thirty game on ESPN, so I'm excited to watch some late night Pac-12 football. I've been a big proponent of that since day one of this podcast. I will forever be a big proponent of that because we also have an eleven o'clock Hawaii game this week, but. I'm going with my lock of
0: the week, Oregon State over the Washington State University Cougars. Bees get the dub. So, Chad also had a lock of the week, and uh, he wanted me to share that as well. He had Vandy over Mississippi State, which uh, he didn't really elaborate much on it, but I actually kind of agree with him here. Um, I think Mississippi State has looked really, really bad this year, and Vanderbilt's defense has been playing pretty well. Um, I think as that freshman quarterback, Ken Seals, uh, continues to improve, though, actually, they might get their first SEC win. All right, guys, let's get into our picks of the week, uh, our our famous picks of the week. Uh, we're going to start with our alma mater, Georgia Southern, is taking on Troy. Troy's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Paulson Stadium. Uh, Lando, you got first pick.
1: Uh, I think this week's going to be a little uh, tough for Georgia Southern. Uh, coming off a tough win last week, uh, we're going to see how Georgia Southern reacts to – Playing a tough game and coming back and not trying to blow it against a better, you know, a, a pretty decent team. So I'm gonna go Georgia Southern. I'm never gonna pick against Georgia Southern, but I'm gonna go Georgia Southern in a close one. I'm gonna go GSU by three.
2: As a matter of fact, that's exactly what I have. Georgia Southern by three. Uh, Paulson Stadium's the difference maker here. Uh, for whatever reason, the Eagles have some magic in the in, in Paulson. Um, you know, I, I think. I honestly think Troy is probably the better team, but I think a three and a half point spread means that it's a pretty even game. Uh and I think the the Eagles being at home, that's probably a three point swing that the that Vegas has given them. They probably would normally make Troy a six and a half, seven point favorite, but I've got faith in Georgia Southern. I think the defense is actually playing a lot better than it has in the past. And I've got lots of faith in the in, in the Eagles. And I'm going Georgia Southern by three. Wit, what you got?
0: I'm right there with y'all. Um I got Southern by seven. Uh, I just don't think – Georgia Southern just doesn't lose in Paulson Stadium. Like, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know if uh, – I'm trying to remember a game uh, since I've gone to school, since I went to school at Georgia Southern that they lost a the game in Paulson Stadium. I don't think they have. Uh, I mean, I know – App State. When was, was Louisiana this year? When did we lose to App State? <laughs>
2: I think it was like my senior year or my junior year. One of the – Yeah, that
0: was before I got there.
2: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's true.
0: Yeah, you're old, fucker.
2: Yeah, fuck y'all.
0: Yeah, I got Georgia Southern by seven. Uh, I just think Georgia Southern does not losing Paulson Stadium. Uh, they usually do struggle with Troy, so it would not surprise me if uh, Troy came out and just obliterated Georgia Southern because that's just what that just always ends up happening for some reason when we play Troy, um, except for uh, uh, old Tyson Tyson Summers' final year. Uh, we ended up beating Troy uh, for some somehow, even though he was the worst coach in the history of college football. Uh, But, yeah, I got Georgia Southern by seven. And uh, Chad's pick for this game, Chad has Troy, of course, and he has Troy because the same reason I said Southern always struggles with Troy and he thinks that Southern will continue to struggle with Troy. Um, So we're going to bounce into our next game. We got the number nine, BYU Cougs, uh, their two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, going to uh, number 21, Boise State, playing on the blue turf, uh, Lando. Who you got?
1: BYU is better than the than the experts think. They're gonna beat Boise State by ten. I got BYU. Matt. This
2: was the game originally that I, I I thought that maybe BYU would lose. Um, but I think the difference is BYU is seven games in, Boise State is one game in. So I'm gonna go BYU by Seventeen. I think that they're just going to be able to withstand some of the stamina of the game, and the game they're going to come out of the gate swinging. Zach Wilson's been playing out of his mind, and I think he's going to continue that this week. I've got uh, BYU by seventeen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think BYU is probably the better team too. I actually got Boise State by ten, though. I think playing on that blue turf, um, it's a—I believe it's a Thursday night game, and a lot of, or it's a Friday night game actually. Um, it feels a little spooky to me. And uh, a lot of people are still talking about BYU as a potential playoff team. I uh, think they should be a playoff team with the way they're blowing people out. And I'm a big fan of Zach Wilson. I think their offensive line is one of the best um, offensive lines in the country, uh, not in the higher level Power Five type teams, but in like the Group of Fives and like the maybe lower level Power Fives. Um, then I got Boise State by ten. I think they they get the upset. And uh, Chad has BYU by three. And he said Zach Wilson is the man, uh, quote by quote. So he's got BYU. Um, But we'll get into the next game. Uh, We're getting to the Big Ten now. We got the number 23, Michigan Wolverines, who are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, heading into uh, number 13, Indiana. Lando, who are you picking?
1: indiana matt
2: i love it i love it i'm actually going hoosiers here too i think indiana getting the win over penn state uh, has a lot of momentum in their corner uh they won another good game last week against rutgers who i actually think rutgers really isn't that bad of a team this year they actually you know played well um so i am going to go indiana here indiana by seven wait what you got
0: yeah, I actually kind of disagree with y'all. I got Michigan. Um, I know Michigan did not look great against Michigan State last week, uh, but they looked really good week one. And even though, like, we know that Minnesota is not as good as we thought they were, um, I still think they're a pretty good team. I think Indiana has all has looked really good, and you could probably make the argument that they're the best team in the Big Ten besides Ohio State. Uh, but I think Michigan will bounce back from the upset and uh, look closer to how they were week one. And uh, Chad Chad agrees with me. He's got Michigan by thirteen. Um, he said he's not sold on IU. He thinks they haven't really played anybody that good. He thinks Penn State might probably might be a little bit overrated. Um, so yeah, he's he's with me. We got we each got we got two Indiana, two Michigan State. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into some of our Pac-12 games. Pac-12 is back. Uh, we got the Big Ten noon kickoff game for the Pac-12. Arizona State at number 20 USC. USC is a 10 and a half point favorite. Uh, Lando, who are you picking?
1: This is going to be a really good game. The game started at 9 o'clock local time for USC. Uh, USC, I think, is the better team. I think the better coach is on the opposite side of the field, though. So I'm going to go with Arizona State, and it's going to be a close game. Arizona State by a safety.
2: You know, I I was actually originally going to pick Arizona State because I love a good Sparky. Uh, I think the 9 a.m. kick throws a lot of things up in the air. But I'm actually going to go with USC here. And maybe this is just me getting a little bit uh, swayed by the brand bias. But I honestly think that USC, uh, that I don't think they're the 20th best team in the country. I, I don't think they'll finish the year even ranked. But I think that in this game, with it being a home game, there's going to be a lot of emotions. I know those players wanted to play. So I think the the even though there's not going to be fans in the stands, uh, I think USC pulls this one out in a close one, like you said, Lando. I've got USC by three. Wait, what you got?
0: Uh, I actually 100% agree with you. I think USC by three. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Keaton Slovis and the guys he has on offense, especially Amon St. Brown at receiver. Um, they also have a guy who, um, I can't remember if he played last year or not, but he was an absolute stud. Uh, coming out of college, he actually originally committed to USC and then thought that Clay Helton was going to get fired. So he jumped ship and, uh, decommitted and flipped to Texas right before, or I think it was on signing day. And then probably about two weeks into him signing, ended up transferring to USC and then had to sit out a year because he did that all before he got on the field. Uh, But he's an absolute stud. I've watched a lot of his high school tape. Um, I think he'll be a big uh, point in that offense too. And they got a guy like Tyler Vaughn, who's a senior. He's been a really good player for them. I really like their offense, Um, their defense. They got a couple good pieces, but they got one guy opting out. He's their star defensive tackle. But I think Arizona State will at least keep it close. I think Jaden Daniels is one of the best players in the country. Uh, I don't think they have a ton of talent. Uh, they got Darby. Darby's a pretty good receiver. But besides that, I don't really know like what there is to like about this Arizona State team. So I got USC, and I, I think they're probably going to win by three because Jaden Daniels will keep Arizona State in the game. And Chad has Arizona State, and he has Arizona State because he loves the Hermanators, as he calls them. So we'll get into our next Pac-12 game. Uh, We got Stanford heading to Oregon. Uh, Oregon is an 11-point favorite. And Lando.
1: So this is going to be a close game. Uh, Oregon doesn't have Justin Herbert, who's now in the pros. But I don't think it's going to matter. I have Oregon by five. Stanford has a lot of good athletes on their team. But I just think Oregon has a little bit too much firepower. So I'm going with Oregon. Matt, who do you have? So, yeah, I'm with you. I think not having Herbert is going to be an adjustment. But... I am
2: a big fan of Mario Cristobal, head coach of the Oregon Ducks. Uh, he is a former Saban assistant. And when I watched that Oregon team play last year, especially late in the year, what impressed me about them was their, their offensive line. I mean, even in that game against Auburn early in the year, they were they played physical against an Auburn defensive line that was really, really good. And I think that Mario Cristobal brings that tough physical mentality to that, that Oregon team. So I think Oregon's on a mission, too. They finished the year great last year. Uh, you know, we'll see how they how they fare at quarterback after uh, Justin Herbert. But I think the spread's going to be pretty tight here. I've got actually got Oregon by 12. Uh, Whit, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty close to you there. Um, I think it'll probably be like a 17-point game, but I do have Oregon. I really like Mario Cristobal as well. Um, and I think David Shaw, I think the message is starting to get stale there. They've had some really good teams. They've won a lot of Pac-12 championships since he's been there. Um, but I think that they, even though they do still have some good talent, I like Davis Mills, at quarterback, he's pretty good, but I think they're, they're starting to tone down. You can tell the, the vibe is starting to fall away from Stanford and Oregon. Oregon just keeps building that program up and they're recruiting. Well, they're playing well. They were really good last year. Honestly, probably could have been a playoff team if they didn't blow that game to Arizona state. So yeah, I got, I got Oregon by 17. Um, Chad also has Oregon he's got Oregon by 28 because he thinks they have too much talent and uh, we'll get into our next game the CBS game of the week SEC game of the week number five Georgia is a three and a half point favorite taking on number eight Florida game is in Jacksonville at the world's largest cocktail party as we will always call it on this podcast and Lando you got the first pick
1: Georgia is currently struggling to score points on offense I think that is going to hurt them in this game. I personally believe we're going to see a little bit of JT Daniels in this game because Stetson's going to struggle a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go with Florida. I got Florida by 14. I don't think Georgia can can score enough points. Boy,
2: this is is really hard because watching Florida prior to this past weekend when they played against Texas A&M, I was sitting there thinking, all right, Georgia's going to dominate this game. And I even said that last week, that Georgia was going to dominate Florida. And then Saturday happened. And Florida came out, and they were firing all, on all cylinders, and they played a Missouri team that had won a couple of games where maybe they shouldn't have even been in the game, uh, at least you know based on recent history. And Florida just came out and thumped them. Uh, they, they came out and they struggled a little bit early. They were down 7-6 at one point. But the final score was 41-7. But I actually think that the biggest difference in this game is going to be Richard LeCount's absence from the Georgia secondary if he's not able to play. Um, I think that if, if Richard LeCount was in this game, I was going to pick Georgia to win still because there's just something about Dan Mullen that I'm not sold on. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's never won a game that he was supposed wasn't supposed to win. Like, he's never had that game where he had this huge upset that everyone was like, oh, wow, Dan Mullen finally got it done. But because if Richard LeCount doesn't play, which it doesn't look like he's probably going to because of the motorcycle accident, prayers out to Richard LeCount, by the way um i'm gonna go with florida here but i think georgia is gonna hold it close just because their defense is gonna play physical they're gonna play fast i've got florida though winning this one by five points wit what do you think
0: so i'm gonna read chad's first uh so chad he told me to read this uh quote for quote uh he's got florida by four and he wants me he wants everyone to know he doesn't actually think florida is going to win he thinks georgia has an offense good enough to play up for this game and Dan Mullen has proven has not proven that he can beat Kirby smart. However, it's Georgia hate week. And he says, go Gators. I do not say that. Chad says that. And then, so I'll go ahead and get into mine. So I got Georgia. I wonder why I'm a Georgia fan. So yeah, obviously I'm a Georgia fan. So I have to pick Georgia, even though I didn't when we played Alabama. Um, And yeah, I know that, you know, Georgia only scored 14 points against Kentucky and yes, Stetson, Five foot Munchkin Stetson Bennett only had had five interceptions in the last two games, and uh, but I think the run game is what's going to do it for us. Um, I think Florida has a really good offense, and they have they have some good talent, but they don't have the talent and the weapons that Bama has. I think the defense will hold up better, um, even without Lecount or and Jordan Davis and Julian Rochester, and maybe even Lewis seen. Who if we don't have Louis seen, I might I might would change my pick. Georgia's going to be without a lot of guys, but I think if we can keep moving the ball and running the clock on offense, and we can do what we did last week against Kentucky, which is keep the time of possession closer to our favor where Florida can't just come out and score every single drive, and even if they do, then if we keep scoring on their defense, then I think we might be able to run that clock out before they could get to that point. And we, if we can keep it low scoring, I think Georgia probably wins by seven. We'll get into our college game day ESPN game of the week. We have Clemson at Notre Dame. Uh, Lando, he, I think we already know who you got, but let's go ahead and hear
1: it. Yeah, you already knew who I have. I have Notre Dame. Uh, double or nothing, I have 30, $30 on Notre Dame, so they better win or else I'm going to be pissed off. Matt, who do you have?
2: Well, this is one of those weird weird weeks. I think Notre Dame kind of falls in this weird category where we don't really, really know whether to call them a lead or not. But if you look at them since their last playoff appearance – and even that, including that season, and you compare them to Ohio State, the records are pretty similar, and the strength of schedule is pretty similar. The biggest difference for me in this game is that it is in South Bend, and for for young DJ, I just don't know how a freshman comes into that environment and handles it. Now, Jake Fromm seemed to do fine, but that game was like 50% or more Georgia fans, it, like the UGA took over South Bend. I think that it being in South Bend, I think that Notre Dame wins a really close one. i mean, I'm, I'm going to go to the point of saying it's a one point win. Uh, you know, it, it it comes down to the wire. Maybe uh, Notre Dame goes for two, goes for the win, and gets it. Wit, what are you thinking here?
0: Yeah, uh, DJ Unga Lalale is not Jake Fromm. As much as I love Jake Fromm, this dude's got talent. This guy's got wheels. He can do it all. And uh, he showed it to you last week against Boston College, especially in that second half when they finally turned it on. Um, I think Clemson wins. But I think they win by 15. I don't think they win by too much. I think they kind of get that little backdoor, a couple scores at the end of the game. I think Notre Dame keeps the score close up until, like, the end of the fourth quarter. But I just think Clemson's too good. I don't think Notre Dame has the firepower to keep up with them. And I don't think their defense is as good as they they usually are. Like, I think they're pretty good, and I think the offensive line's pretty good to where they'll it'll keep them in the game. And not having Trevor Lawrence will make it to where um, Notre Dame will be able to keep it close to. But, I, yeah, I'm going with Clemson by 15. And uh, Chad is going with Notre Dame. Or, no, he's not. He's going with Clemson. And he thinks Notre Dame will get exposed um, even without Trevor Lawrence. He said he's got Clemson big.
1: Man, I'll tell so, you uh, one th-
0: Landa, you, ready, you ready to owe me $30?
1: Eh, no. I'm ready for you to <laughs> owe me $30 and line my wallets. But I'll tell you one thing I enjoyed uh, listening to this weekend was um, – Hearing all, uh, hearing the announcers for ESPN butcher that Clemson quarterback's name, I, I'm I, I'm not even I'm not even going to, to going to attempt to say his last name because I don't want to butcher it. So DJ, that's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to call you.
0: Part of me really hopes he doesn't win the starting job next year, even though it looks like he probably will, uh, just because I don't want to have to pronounce his name every week on this podcast when he wins three Heisman's. Wins but three he, um... Heisman's. <laughs> Three husbands in three years, even though he's not going to start the rest of the year after Notre Dame. And he's probably going to leave early. But um, yeah, the only reason I... It's un, ungu, lele is how you pronounce it, I'm pretty sure. And the only reason I know how to pronounce it is because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about recruiting. And he was talked about quite a bit coming up. So I've heard his last name been pronounced a couple of times.
1: All right, so I'm going to give it I try just just this one time, all right. So here <laughs> we go, DJ Ui Agalalele. Close close enough. I'm sure he's got to have a nickname though. DJ like like uh, Shit, man, it, it just it's too difficult, man. DJ DJ, we'll call him DJ. So uh, we'll do, you, him DJ. do do you guys actually remember uh, this dude from um, uh, the QB One series on Netflix? dj was on there so when um it was during the justin fields season um the quarterback from saint john bosco in in california um what was his name his name was real mitchell he was the starting quarterback Mm -hmm. for for saint john's bosco and he uh now plays at iowa state but while he was playing there uh dj was his backup And during the season, Rial Mitchell was stinking the show up. So they actually benched Rial Mitchell and put in DJ for a couple games.
0: I didn't even know that. I didn't didn't watch. During that season, I only watched Justin Fields. It was just because he went to our high school. And at that point, he was going to Georgia. So I was pretty interested in him. I think the only uh, QB1 season I really watched all of was the first one with Jake Fromm and Tate Martell. And uh, I think the other guy's name was Trayvon Bowers went to play for Wake Forest, but I don't think I don't think he's there anymore. He wasn't very good. What a disappointment
2: Tate uh, Martells turned out to be.
0: Oh, I know. I know like, he's playing slot receiver at Miami now. Like
2: I mean, to go from being on QB one, go to Ohio State, doesn't even get like. As soon as he knew Justin Fields was coming there, he knew he didn't have a shot at that starting job. Leaves, goes oh, yeah. to Miami, and then doesn't even win the Miami starting job and it's like all right well buddy you know what which another QB that I'm interested to see what happens with uh going going to the old uh the old alma mater uh well I guess not really alma mater yet but current school John Reese Plumley. like it'll be interesting to see what happens after this year because Matt Corral absolutely went off I mean granted it was Vandy but 19 straight completions 31 to 34 412 yards six touchdowns and like two-and-a-half quarters, and John Reese Plumley, you know, who is a good running quarterback, uh, does he transfer or does he stay at Ole Miss and become a slot receiver next year? Um, I think that that that's an interesting story because he's also a baseball player. He plays baseball for Ole Miss too.
1: If I was him, I would give up football and play baseball. There's, there's a lot more money in baseball.
2: I mean, yeah, but it, if I was him, I would just move over to be a receiver. I mean, the dude's an athlete. I would like, too. If 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 you watch him like on some of these runs, like they have designed quarterback runs for him, and I mean he's he's athletic as all hell. Um, I think he just needs to decide like, hey, because Corral's not going to get drafted, he's not leaving to go to the draft, he's going to play next year. And honestly, if somehow Lane Kiffin could convince Elijah Moore to stay one more year and cool. increase his draft status, and then you put John Reese Plumley as a receiver uh, with with alongside. Elijah Moore, I think that, that that Ole Miss offense could be even more dangerous.
0: Yeah, when they used him um, week one, I think they actually – They, I might be wrong. I think they handed him the ball off a couple times too. Yeah, they did. week they... one. Yeah, using him as like a little jackknife type player, throwing the ball, handing the ball off to him. Just, just get him in the open field, get the ball in his hands. Um, I'm actually surprised they haven't done more of that. Like, I know they've done it a little bit, but it, heck, I'd use him. I mean, he was their best player last year. Um, and, uh, and he really didn't even throw the ball. And he played quarterback. All he ever did was run. And he was fantastic. I mean, he ran for, he ran for like what, 150, 200 yards or something like that against LSU? I might be. Oh, I mean, he, he, he shredded he, he shred- shred him up.
2: He shredded out. I want to say he had like 200 and something yards against LSU. I don't remember exactly. But I mean, and that, it, it, there's no questioning that he's athletic. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, uh, honestly, I'm surprised. Because one thing that Matt Corral's been bad at this year is red zone. He's had a lot of turnovers in the red zone. So I'm surprised they haven't done, like, some two QB looks with John Reese where, uh, you know, you get him the ball in open space and try and let him uh, run the ball in or, you know, even put him and do some, like, wildcat formations with him and Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely in the backfield.
1: So what are you guys' plans for this weekend? Uh,
0: hopefully sitting around and watching football because I have not really gotten to do that the past couple weeks. And these past these trips to Tuscaloosa and Statesboro and Macon and all those other things I'm doing are, are wearing me out. I could use a weekend just to sit around, throw up a three T V setup, maybe even add a fourth, maybe we'll go buy one. I don't know. There's a lot of good football on. I I would love just to be able to sit around and watch some watch some college football.
1: Amen to that. I'm actually
2: bro. I'm actually going down to uh the borough this weekend. I'm uh gonna do a little deer hunt in Alabama by week, so uh, and Ole Miss by week. Go do a little deer hunting. Uh, spend some time with the family. Uh, and then Sunday, get back up home early enough to go watch the, the Phoenix race at the Dawsonville Pool Hall.
1: I'm going to reluctantly watch that race on Sunday because Kevin Harvick is not in the championship four. I think Kevin Harvick is going to win in Phoenix because Phoenix is his playground. So when Harvick wins on Sunday... All of NASCAR is going to be like, "Man, that's our that's our true champion right there. That that is who should be hoisting up the NASCAR Cup Series championship." But, you know, the playoff system is is, is ridiculous, and I'm not going to go on a rant because I'm still very bitter.
0: <laughs> it happens, buddy. It happens. Since the Pac-12 starts this week, who do you guys think's going to win the Pac-12? I've
2: got I've got Oregon. I've got Oregon. I think Oregon. Oregon. I think Oregon is going to be the team that, uh, that, like I said, Mario Cristobal is a really good head coach. He's got the, the offensive line. I think they've got the heaviest offensive line in the Pac-12 now. Um, they play physical. He, uh, and, he and the D-line the D plays physical, too. He, I think he was a defensive line coach at Alabama. He was one of the line coaches. But either way, uh, I think that he's got the big uglies playing, playing physical and tough. And uh, I think – I honestly think Oregon wins out, and I think they they give themselves a chance to potentially be in the college football playoff.
1: Um, I'm going to go with, this is actually pretty difficult for me, because I think USC is going to be a little better than what everybody thinks they're going to be. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon, but it's going to be really close. USC, USC is, is is getting a lot better. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually
0: taking USC. I had Oregon before the season started, but they had uh, Penay Sewell, who's the best offensive lineman in the country last year, and will probably be a top three pick in the draft. He opted out. They had Javon Holland, who was one of the best safeties in the in the college football. Uh, he'll be probably you could potentially be a top top ten, top twenty pick in the draft. He opted out. Brady Brees was the other safety they had. He he opted out. They had Thomas Graham, who was their. Starting corner uh, next to Michael Wright, who they still have playing, but Thomas Graham opted out. All of those guys were first team Pac-12 selections this year. Um, if those guys would have stayed, I probably would have gone with Oregon. But I think I like USC. I think USC is going to do it this year. I think Clay Helton's coaching for his job. Um, I don't think they're really going to be great after this year, but I think I think this is the year they're going to do it. I'll be
2: honest, I did not realize that many people opted out for Oregon.
0: Well, I mean, they still got – they had a really good recruiting I, class last I year. So sure. my, gonna be <laughs> I stand behind my – They're going to
2: be shorthanded. I stand behind my Oregon selection, but I did not realize they had that many guys opt out.
0: And, um, I mean, people can opt back in, I'm pretty sure, still. So, it's not like maybe maybe they watch week one and they see how good they're looking. Like, maybe maybe I'll go back and try and win a national championship. Yeah. Um, I mean, if that happens, I might would have to change my pick. But honestly, I got the, USC as of now.
2: I, I still don't know if the Pac-12 is really going to play factor – Even if Oregon goes undefeated, because, I mean, undefeated Oregon in seven games. And then what if we end up in a situation with them, just like with Wisconsin, where there is a team in the Pac-12 that winds up with COVID? Um, um, Does anyone know what the Pac-12's re-entering competition
0: after COVID plan is? I I believe it's, I want to say it's exactly the same as the Big Ten, just with seven games. So that then, I mean that I would that be makes it even worse with the championship. Yeah, exactly. that makes
2: that makes it even worse for them because say Oregon has a game get canceled week 2 or week 3 because the team has covid that they're supposed to play and then Oregon has a small outbreak and they have to cancel and they lose they, they wind up only playing 3 games. They're 3 and 0. Oh, are they going to get to go play the championship? I don't think that that no. that, that, that I mean, it, I know that this season was going to be weird, but Going back to what Lando said earlier, I think that if if Georgia wins out, and we kind of had this conversation earlier, if Georgia wins out, I think this could be a year where, in the event that there's an opportunity or an opening, say Notre Dame loses this week, Notre Dame loses again, Ohio State has a dud week, Oklahoma finishes out strong, I think this could be a year for a two-loss playoff team.
0: Mm, I don't know about all that. Just because I think, with Cincinnati, the way that the AAC has been playing, I think an undefeated Cincinnati will be right there in the thick of it. I mean, this week, if Cincinnati wins, there's a good chance they're going to be number five. This is true. This is true. Because either Clemson, unless the Clemson-Notre Dame game is really, really, really close, um, and and Clemson loses, then I think Clemson or Cincinnati will probably be number five. But all right, guys, we're running out of time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys again for coming out and uh, listening to us we appreciate it follow us on twitter follow us on instagram uh keep sending in questions and uh let us know what you guys want to hear because because we do this show for you guys we don't do it for us so uh, we want to be talking about things that you guys want to hear us talking about we don't want to talk about things we just want to ramble on about so please uh, keep sending us feedback and questions and everything and uh tune in next week thank you guys again see ya